Blog Talk Radio. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to another Empowered Love Radio Show. And I've got a radio show and an article this week which is to do with the narcissist and it's called The Narcissist in the Workplace and this is one that I've been wanting to do for a little while. And I'm getting this article and this radio show done today. I'm flying out tonight and going to uh, Bangkok and Phuket and Cambodia and um, North Vietnam for a month so I cannot wait and I'm still going to be here and I'm still going to be operating as normal in between doing a lot of the holiday stuff. It's a working holiday so it's all so exciting. So I'm doing this article before I go in this radio show and this is one that the community has asked for quite a bit and I got a lot of the other stuff out of the way that I really wanted to write about before doing this one. And also too, the reason why it wasn't um, up front and centre for me was because this hasn't been my experience. I've been working in my own business since businesses since I was 24 years of age. So narcissism in the workplace hadn't really been an experience for me and it wasn't really my area of expertise. But like with all narcissistic abuse, and this is how I'm going to present this radio show and article, it's really helpful to understand the dynamics of what is really going on in the first instance and then accepting that our true power always lies in the self-reflection on how we can empower ourselves in the face of this. So let's have a conversation about narcissists in power positions and understandably narcissism in the workplace is rife in our world because narcissists are very drawn to positions of power and climbing the ladder to gain the resources and the entitlements to get stuff, which is the position, the status, the money and the acquisitions in order to gain attention and win approval, which we know is narcissistic supply. Now, not all narcissists are successful, but many are, or at least they're successful in the sense that they appear to have it all. The truth is, with most of them, that if you scratch underneath the surface, regardless of their earning capacity, there is a literal minefield of financial disaster on the brink of happening. So stable and sensible is not the normal narcissistic credo, risks, excessive spending, flashiness and daring is. In many ways, I actually do feel a little bit qualified to talk about narcissism in the workplace and the first reason being is that the true healing, the working on ourselves, is always identical. It truly is for any narcissistic relationship. And the second reason is because the two narcissists in my life ran their own businesses. And as their living partner, I was intimately aware of the dishevelment, the lack of organisation, zero personal responsibility, 
and how the numerous disasters that continually occurred in their businesses were always scapegoated onto someone else. And these men, of course, were never accountable. So the truth is, narcissism is narcissism no matter where it's played out. I posted on my Facebook page an announcement Sunday night that I was writing this article and I asked people to post their narcissistic work experiences. So I really want to thank everybody for sharing. And I've included some of these messages in this article because they're very, very topical. So let's have a look at when employees and colleagues are used as tools. So like a black hole, narcissism sucks its environment dry in order to sustain itself. And narcissistic bosses or work colleagues are no different to any other narcissist. People to them are not people with a heart or a soul or needs. They are tools to be used to grant the narcissist what he or she wants. If the narcissist does feign that an employee or work colleague is human, then the shows of clemency or benevolence will come at a price and they'll be used as a manipulative tactic to ensure the person hands over more for the narcissist's benefit in the future. So as one Facebook member posted, every single person employed by, a, by, an, by an N is there for one reason and one reason only, to line the pockets of the boss. As soon as you no longer meet that requirement, you'll be fired. The long lunches, the gifts and theatre tickets, etc. are a prelude to the expectation that you will work 24-7. So the truth really is even the most charming narcissistic boss will not be pleasant long term. Narcissists all have the need to kick the cat. They have such a ferocious, self-annihilating inner identity, always threatening to eat them alive, that they need to project this self-hatred at the closest and weakest targets. Who will allow it? So one Facebook member reported this incident. I've never seen rage and narc injury until that day. He followed me and raged. I thought he was kidding, since everything was a ha-ha joke earlier. But to him, he was wounded. And from that moment onward, he had me in his crosshairs. So what the narcissistic boss or colleague is really doing, as all narcissists do, is the unconscious acting out of, if I project my disowned parts onto someone else and then line this person up with abuse, maybe I can kill off the parts of myself that I hate. So narcissists will gauge and then, if possible, attack repeatedly the assistant, the secretary, the office worker or the factory hand who has low self-esteem or poor boundary function. And extreme security fears make people targets, such as the belief that I have to keep this job at any cost as does the deep ingrained childhood patterns of accepting abuse as normal. As one lady posted on my Facebook page, I realised that all these situations were a mirror of my childhood, of being raised by an N mother, of being dependent on a narcissist for survival. It was the same dynamic, endure their psychological torture or end up broken homeless. Life is a whole lot better now that I've worked on myself, but my heart do does go out to anyone who is still in a situation like this. 
So let's have a look at idealisation and devalue and discard in the workplace. People who work for the narcissist as an integral employee initially just identically like new love partners may be idolised and put on a pedestal and made to feel special and amazing. Many narcissists in superior positions deeply befriend people they employ or seem to grant them special consideration and attention. One lady shared on Facebook, she sucked up to me and became my best friend, promoted herself and how great she was constantly, but I didn't see how she treated her subordinates, which was dreadfully. She just couldn't do enough for me. So the narcissist, in order to connect to people, has to conjure up a belief that they are of high value. Because narcissists really deep down don't like people. So having to create this idolized version is very, very important to the narcissist. So with the narcissist, my latest acquisition object is amazing. That's how they see new supply. And the narcissist truly runs with this. Yet it's only a matter of time before the narcissist's hairline triggers of insecurity start appearing. So sooner or later, the wonderful new source is going to inevitably send a look or an action or a word or an inaction to the narcissist that triggers off an old, inner, unhealed wound deep in the narcissist's psyche. And the narcissist then despises this person for making the narcissist feel this way, which is what unconsciousness is all about. So as another lady wrote on Facebook, one of them actually headhunted me from another com company, all part of the flattery followed by annihilation dynamic, which is what narcissists are famous for. So therefore, as with all people who are drawn into the orbit of the narcissist as valued acquisitions, the honeymoon period of idealization is followed by the inevitable devalue and discard when it becomes impossible to supply the narcissist enough of the illusion of grandiosity that he or she requires to feel safe or sane. So no staff member, just like no family member or love partner can ever adequately reflect back to the narcissist. Not without stepping on one of those inevitable landmines because 99% of these triggers are the narcissist's deeply insecure imaginings. So people working for and with the narcissist will wonder how and why so many people are flavour of the week and adored one minute and ignored or attacked the next. Naturally, like all addicts, the narcissist gets easily bored and fresher new sources of supply are necessary. There is a requirement of new people to impress and new people to gain worship and acclaim from. Whoever will hand it out in a way that satisfies the narcissist's grandiose self-delusions is who the narcissist is going to gravitate towards. Because of the inevitable discard after being used, there could be a high turnover within narcissistic work environments. Employees and colleagues who are not stuck in survival mentality, which is I have to hang on to this job no matter what, may leave because of the narcissist's behaviour. And this post on Facebook summed it up. 
the last job I had was the last one. And the bullying was so severe, I even got a clip across the back of the head from the psycho boss. 18 women left that job. One girl was hospitalized from stress and he was never fired as no one spoke up. Now let's have a look at pathological envy in the workplace because pathological envy is one of the things that is so synonymous with narcissism. A narcissistic boss or colleague will ultimately wish to be put up on a pedestal and revered by the staff as special. He or she needs to be superior, the best at the craft, the most intelligent and the most capable. Now there is no letter I in team. And having someone shine beyond the narcissist, despite being an asset to the organisation, is a total emotional threat to the narcissist. As one lady wrote, both of them took the credit for any business or contacts I pulled in or any innovative ideas I had and also blamed me for any mistakes that they made. One of the M bosses started a smear campaign after I left, citing that I was a drug addict and a thief. The other turned my colleagues against me until the bullying got so bad that I was forced to leave. So the dire emotional insecurities of the narcissistic boss or colleague means that any great idea had to be his or hers and any questioning of his or her functioning ideas and choices will be seen as a threat that needs to be shut down. A shared positive collective result is never the narcissist's goal. The goal is personal narcissistic supply. The attention that gives the narcissist the significance of uniqueness and superiority to fend off his or her dire insecurities at that time. True leaders lead by example. Narcissists are not empowering or inspiring leaders. Neil Donald Walsh made statements on this topic which I love. And one of his statements is, true masters create more masters. And true teachers empower others to not need them. So this model terrifies the narcissist because he or she believes, if I don't have the superior edge, other people will overtake, undermine or harm me. If people are dependent on me for survival and security, I have control of them. And also, anyone better than me is going to get all the attention. So therefore, with a narcissist in the workplace, you can't win. You will rarely be good enough to satisfy the narcissist's demands. And if you do shine, then the narcissist will need to kick the chair out from underneath you to bring you back down. And if you really shine, the narcissist may conjure up grounds to lose your job or force you to leave because of the bullying. Now let's have a look at the instability of a narcissistic workplace. Narcissists are addicts for narcissistic supply and this comes before sensibility, respectful boundaries and work etiquette. The drive of addictions and constant need for pleasure, which is really the relief gained from the inner tormented self by getting a hit of the drug of attention means that the narcissist has very little self-limits and self-respect and certainly doesn't respect other people's boundaries and limits. People in the workplace are very susceptible for being recruited in games of desire and conquer, which is triangulation, against people that the narcissist is teaching a lesson to, how dare you challenge my false self, and also people can be groomed for sexual conquests, 
adulterous affairs or for long-term narcissistic supply, a committed relationship. What is very true is the insidious unwholesomeness of the environment generated from the nucleus of the narcissist disordered personality causes more unwholesomeness. Things get very unhealthy for all concerned. And it's very, very true that when you're around a personality disordered individual and in their orbit, you start getting sick. So my friend Rudiger Fleisch, who's a renowned German psychologist, stated this assessment on my Facebook page. He said, this is a layout of what narcissists do in the workplace. Number one, they create the problems for which you, they, for which they want to present themselves as the rescuer, first to you, then to others. Number two, they pretend loyalty if this seems to serve them. Number three, their communication is characterised by jade, J-A-D-E. J, judgments in the first place. A, accusations open and hidden. D, they commit disloyal deeds close to criminal acts. They deny it and start counter-accusations against those involved to damage their identity. E, explanations long and weird which don't make any sense, which confuse you. Additionally, narcissists need acclaim and energetic payoffs for their efforts. Okay, and that's the truth. So that assessment is really, really good. It's a powerful assessment. So narcissists in requiring payoff for their efforts, if they don't get payoff for their efforts, in as far as attention and acclaim, they actually, or control or power, they actually feel manically depressed. Now, a lot of narcissists are not good at finishing off projects and they're not good at attention to fine detail because it doesn't have the instant hit of instant gratification of a claim that goes with it. So those things are not the narcissist's strong point usually. Big, flashy, immediate wow factor and instant gratification is really the name of the game for the narcissist. So therefore, narcissists often cut corners. They don't follow through. They don't look after things and they don't clean up after themselves and heaven help anyone who tries to get them to be mature, structured and responsible. Narcissists take very poorly to anyone trying to curb their freedom or anyone attempting to control them. Narcissists don't like order. They don't like regularity because it's too normal. It makes them feel like they are on the same level as everyone else, which is the terror of not having enough adequate distraction to avoid that sinking inwards into emotional self-annihilation. And that happens when narcissists can't feel I'm unique and special. So normal and calm feels to a narcissist like being sucked down into a quicksand. It's a slow death. So therefore, the workplace is somewhere where the narcissist either has to manifest drama with issues, poor, poor organisation and terrible communication, or he or she will ignore work and have very little contribution to it, leaving it to everybody else's devices because the need to generate drama and excitement might be somewhere else. 
Now, many, many people working with and for narcissists have been constantly dismayed at the messes and the disasters that regularly occur as a result of the narcissist's loose and unaccountable behaviour. Now, inevitably, scapegoats for the narcissist. That's who takes the fall if the narcissist has it their own way. The narcissist's self-image is everything and he or she will wager everything on it, doing things that are unlawful, dangerous and criminal to uphold it. This naturally puts his or her business at risk and the narcissist has no issue in twisting facts and setting someone else up to take the fall when the trouble happens. So the justifications that the narcissist is capable of making to pathologise his or her behaviour can be quite incredible. Narcissists are disordered. Their brain wiring is maladapted to circuits that are not healthy or humane. The narcissist can justify immoral, inhumane and criminal behaviour easily because their soul, which is their conscience, was sold out to serve the one true bastard, the false self, long ago. It's important to understand narcissists will believe firmly that the person they are setting up to take the blame is at fault. Their minds are highly adept at creating a self-delusional story that exonerates their above-reproach-at-all-costs ego. And once this story has been replayed through the narcissist's disordered mind a few times, it is true to the narcissist. That is the extent of the disorder. Superiority and impunity is necessary for the narcissist's emotional survival. And this can seem incredibly personal until we understand that narcissists are operating out of childish survival fears. The narcissist's unconscious drivers are entrenched in this defence. If I'm exposed as wrong, I'll be annihilated, which triggers the narcissist's biggest fear, which is the bottom line terror of the ego. It's the fear of not existing. The narcissist believes he or she must be seen as perfect. However, the intense fear and defences conversely create the narcissist's character as not just imperfect, but also highly disordered and damaged. And this becomes blatantly obvious if the spotlight is on the narcissist for any accountability for his or her actions or non-actions. This is when the narcissist becomes the most unhinged or the most dishonest and manipulative. He or she will do anything to avoid personal fault and scrutiny. And if someone can be scapegoated, the narcissist will employ this tactic. So we know that narcissism can often be valued. People can think of narcissists as very creative and powerful and charming and exciting and dynamic and that type A personality that can get noticed and get things done. So often this type of personality is valued. These people can be seen as standouts and they often can be very capable. So it could be argued that people like this are needed to make incredible things happen and they could be a positive force if they could be steered and managed. I personally don't believe that their energy can be channeled for good because pathology is pathology. 
it's unwholesome, it's unstable and it disrupts and dismantles everything around it. So this sort of energy or force comes at a price regardless of the perceived payoff. And it is not a collective gain for the highest good of all concerned. As many people have found out the hard way, trying to harness a narcissistic type personality for your own benefit means that you are in danger of being the next casualty. And in fact, it's very probable that you will be. Narcissism is a very separated, self-entitled force that generates energy by insatiably consuming the energy of everything that is not it in its path and then narcissism ultimately deconstructs and self-destructs itself. Narcissists are the ultimate self-sabotage, self-annihilating machine eventually because just like cancer, they destroy the host, the environment to such an extent that they ultimately destroy themselves and that is the end point for all narcissists, be assured of that. So you may have someone in relation to the workplace who is dynamic, exciting and even brilliant. This could be a potential new boss or colleague. Yet despite the glitz and the glamour, your warning bells are sounding. Something about their energy feels off, it feels unstable regardless of what they say. This person may be declaring how wonderful an association would be with them, but you can feel the icky, grandiosity in these statements. We need to understand a person of character and presence does not perform egoic demonstrations of look at me. Confidence is not arrogance. The risk of connecting forces with such a person is extreme because you are a disposable object serving the narcissist agenda for as long as you are useful to that agenda. And at any time, you could be trampled underfoot, betrayed, hijacked or thrown to the wolves if it helps the narcissist escape scrutiny or get ahead. So now let's have a look at taking your personal power back in the workplace. So in order to get out of the nightmare of narcissism in your life, if you find yourself in a narcissistic work situation or any narcissistic situation, you need to take your power back. We have absolutely no power to change someone else. And in truth, we have no right to change someone else. Their journey is their journey. And we need to take 100% responsibility for our own. And this always means asking ourselves, who am I and what is my truth in this? These are some questions we can ask ourselves in order to start taking our power back. So now, this is the first one, so now that I know I'm being narcissistically abused, what is my necessary self-reflection? What is my healing lesson in this? And we can also ask ourselves, do I have previous wounds from narcissists that are unhealed, that keep attracting more of them into my life? And we can ask, am I carrying enough darkness fear regarding my own security and survival that I need to learn the lesson of not selling my soul out to abuse to try to survive? And is there a pattern here regarding myself that I deeply need to acknowledge acknowledge, heal and break free from and then of course in amongst all of that self-reflection we're left with what am I going to do now 
So here are the three options. We could choose to play along with the narcissist, never disagree or question, keep trying to flatter the narcissist's ego in an attempt to try to escape the abuse, or we could call it out, the behaviour. We could stand up and lay boundaries. Or, number three, we could just leave. So with option number one, we have to ask ourselves, am I prepared to be inauthentic? Am I prepared to be manipulative and live outside of my truth? And am I prepared to make statements to the universe such as, I will mix with and rely on abusive people and I am prepared to not be real myself in order to survive? So to me, honestly, this would never be an option again because I am determined never to sell my soul out for survival again. Firstly, because I know it's soul-destroying. And secondly, because I know it certainly does not bring survival relief. Inevitably, my world always exploded and left me with less security as a result of trying to appease abusers who I had falsely assigned as the source of my security. Now, the second option, calling it out, is tempting. And it's even revolutionary if you're prepared to stand and walk truth and work on yourself enough to lose the fear of what will happen as a result. Because narcissists are vengeful. They take very poorly to being exposed and called out. And in fact, what is very likely is that the narcissist will do everything in his or her power to set you up as the culprit for everything that you are accusing the narcissist of. So expect triangulation and even abuse by proxy with authorities even to the lengths of police and governing bodies to punish you. So if you decide to confront, expose and call it out, be prepared for the fallout because it could be massive. Now I highly admire and I know people who work enough on the healing of their own inner identity programming to do so without fear and this is not foolish. And it does generate great results. Our own personal inner identity fears that we need to be free of in order to take on such a stand are these. We need to let go of and heal and up-level the fear of being wrong and therefore punished. And that's a shame and a guilt that so many of us carry. We need to release and up-level the terror of authority. And we need to release and heal the terror of being persecuted. And I really want you to understand this. When people lose all fear and walk a straight line, they are impervious to the narcissist's truly powerless bullying. The narcissist has no power of his or her own. It's all extracted from your fear and pain. That's what feeds it and allows it to happen. Now, many people who have had no choice but to combat the narcissist do find out how powerful the results are when we heal ourselves first from the inside out. Sadly, many people in the workplace, for very understandable reasons, are too scared to stand up. We've all been conditioned so powerfully by our world that authority knows best, rather than standing true in our own human rights. So... What I think is wonderful now is that we are starting to awaken to the power of integrity and the power of truth and how powerfully we can walk and generate real results. 
especially when we lose the terror of being so attached to outcomes and we live for truth itself. That's when we do get our best outcomes. Now the third option I believe is a great option too, which is to leave. Because I don't believe it is your responsibility to call out the narcissist if that is not what you feel inspired to do. And let me explain why. My, my reason for that is because most people trying to call out narcissists are not doing it from a place of integrity and strength. Rather, they're doing it from the triggering of their own wounds of victimization, the wounds that they haven't healed yet. And then they're simply feeding the narcissist more attention and power. And this does nothing to rid our world of narcissism. In fact, it's actually handing them the bullets to shoot us with. As far as I'm concerned, if everyone disengaged, walked away and refused to play and did the work on themselves, which meant they were no longer hooked in, the narcissist would ultimately be left with no one but his or herself and that would create the true end of narcissism on this planet. So such a level of our own self-respect and self-love states, this is totally unwholesome for my soul and it is not my reality. And this was the message for me to heal what I needed to heal so that I could live my reality. And we do the work on ourselves and we cannot level our old wounds enough to walk away to generate a much more inspiring, healthy and wholesome reality in every area of our life. This was the catalyst that gave us the fuel and the grist to do that work. And that, I believe, is your highest responsibility to heal our planet. And it is your greatest and your most beautiful responsibility to yourself. Because there is a huge difference between walking away from having gone through this experience as opposed to walking away after growing through this experience. So if you haven't cleaned up the reasons why you're still attracting narcissists into your life, you could leave a workplace and no matter how wholesome the next one appears to be on the surface, you will still walk into your lesson again, which is what we do with workplaces and we do that with love partners and we could even do that with friends and associates because it's our pattern. There is no outside. Any darkness that shows up in our external world is matching a darkness, a fear in our internal world. And the purpose of this is the necessary feedback to become conscious and evolve. And as such, it doesn't matter where we go or who we meet. We're always meeting ourselves. We're meeting the reflections of ourselves that are healthy and the parts of ourselves that are not yet healthy. So before taking on the evolutionary work of breaking out of old fearful patterns, we think we need to create more fear and hypervigilance to protect ourselves. And that is not the answer, I promise you. So your answer is not, I'm so on the lookout for narcissistic bosses, I fear them, I want to try and pick them, I don't want to get attached to them. That's not the answer. The answer always lies within. You need to become the change you want to see in your life. And when you change your inner identity, you will attract more of who your inner identity is. We've always been attracting that anyway. We just may not have been aware of it. So in order to change our inner identity, we need to be prepared to come inside ourselves and identify what our painful inner patterns are. 
So if you have a narcissistic workplace in your experience or family member, friend, associate or lover, it's because you are learning powerful lessons. The powerful lessons of being authentic, which means to live your life without fear and to create self-partnering in order to be authentic and emotionally secure in the world. And most of all, to do enough work on yourself to escape the crippling inner identity programs of thinking that you have to become inauthentic, sell your soul and hand your power over in order to survive. And that's that crippling codependent dependency model that we've lived. And I know how crippling that model is. I didn't do it in work situations, but I certainly did it in love relationships. And of course, it is really terrifying at first to give up something that is hurting us to believe that there can be something else for us. However, if we really work on developing ourselves past these limiting beliefs, we create the space and then the belief for possibility. And then this is what we start to create in our life, a whole new reality. When all of us realize that we can create a direct relationship with life itself we can leave the illusions behind of dependence on another human being such as a boss or anyone for that matter we we realize that they are not our source of love approval and certainly not survival so i believe for so many of us who've been through narcissistic abuse and abuse in the workplace is no different We finally have to learn that handing our power over in this way was a huge invitation for abuse. And then the agonizing abuse that we suffered was the loud and clear message to heal these illusions of powerlessness so that we could become our true power. So I hope that this article has really helped you to recognize the dynamics that you might be suffering at work why the narcissist is doing what he or she is doing, but so much more importantly than that, who are you in this? What can you heal and develop in yourself so that you don't have to sell your soul out to abuse to survive and so that you can be a generative source of your own incredible life? So if what I've been saying has made sense to you, I would really love you to learn more about how you actually can do this. So on my blog, you'll see, which is blog.melanietoniaevans.com, you'll see this article, which will be being posted tomorrow. And you'll also see on my blog in the top right-hand corner there that I do a free webinar every two weeks, which is all about how to up-level the unlimiting, the limited programs that have kept you stuck in narcissistic abuse in any area of your life and how to up-level them to be free of abuse and free to create your true life. So I hope you enjoyed the show. Next week I'll be doing a show from Thailand, which is so exciting, I can't wait. Um, And there's also going to be lots of things I'm going to be sharing with you on Facebook and my blog all about the trip. And I just can't wait. I'm so excited to do it. So lots of love, everybody. And bye-bye, and I'll talk to you next week. Lots of love.